initiate startup process. Now, all the way live. Hey, yo, <laughs> y'all know what this is. Damn it, the most hip-hop and R&B. I want to introduce to y'all. It's the infamous. Call your friends and tell them it's going down now. It's going down. Woo! You understand that? It's It's live. Let's, Let's go. In five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Infamous Hour Live, Facebook.com slash Boombat Nation, and a piece of blessings to all my FM radio listeners, and of course the loyal fans of Sirius XM Shade 45 every single Thursday, 9 p.m. here on Facebook. We bring a live interactive series where I bring legendary artists to the Facebook platform. If you're in the chat right now, put the comments and put the questions in the chat. We all scan in the chat looking for the hottest question for the fans. And, of course, I have my guy next to me, Tone Vieira, who told me one time he was going to give me $1,000 if I said his name right. And I said it twice. He owed me two k my guy. Uh, check your cash app. It's there, B. <laughs> ah, man. I uh, appreciate you having me out here every week, man. Every week. Put me in the presence of greatness, and this week is no different. Yeah. So, uh, peace to my past guest, uh, Jojo Pellegrino. And um, when he was here, we were having some side conversations. And he's like, hey, if you want, you want Shaheem? And I'm like, well, what? Oh, I want Shaheem on the of course. So, we made some phone calls back and forth. And here he is, Shaheem. Welcome to the Infamous Hour. Let's go. Peace, peace, peace. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me, Boom Bad Nation. What's happening? That's right. You know, Shaheem, you've been outside for a long time. You've been yeah. outside in these streets. How, how are you adjusting? Because obviously you had a vacation. We'll talk about that. But vacation, yeah. the world has changed a lot, yeah. right? Pre-vacation, now you started very young as a kid. Um, but how are you adjusting to the new ways of the world and how the culture is moving? Um, well, where I was at on my my iron vacation is just the uh, you know the micro of out here is the macro of it. So the same things that's going on in there, same thing that's going on out here. But uh, mentally, you know what I'm saying? A condition of people or where, where people are at mentally. So I kind of was, you know, um, kind of like knowing what was going on because I try to educate myself by on current events and things like mm-hmm. that. But it's like you can never, you can never study for when it's like go time, you know what I'm saying? So being out, things things was moving fast and I was just blessed for COVID to happen. Not not in the, you know what I mean? I lost a lot. Yeah. You know, rest in peace to everybody I lost during that um during that thing. But it allowed it allowed me to enter back into society slow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So mm. when I got out, I was only out for like maybe like thirty some days, then we all went on lockdown. Yeah, COVID, yeah. So it gave me a time to, to come out. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, I'm coming that. out, I'm coming out with everybody coming out, kind of. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that for that whole year, I was able to slowly see how things is, is moving. Blending. Shaheem, man, first of all, like, it's a pleasure to bump into you again, man. I met you a few months back at uh, Sirius XM when you came up to do an interview yeah. with Lord Sear, man. Man, you're looking yeah, great. Like, yo, you. your resume, beyond impressive. You've got to be part of, like, some big projects in your life. And something that I remember you from is the the Biggie and Tupac freestyle off the Funk Flex Big Cap Tunnel album, the the mixtape that they dropped. Now, um, the the uncut version. Once Tupac finishes rapping, you jump in. Now everybody knows that story that you jumped in. You were fourteen years old, but I want to know like what were the events that led up to that day? Like how did you end up at the tunnel? 
Like, was that an invite thing? Oh. Was it a random thing that they just passed the mic to you? Like, I want to know, like, the whole oh, behind well, the scenes. Th- that 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 wasn't at the tunnel. You know what I mean? Like, what? I don't know if it was on a flex album. I don't know yeah. as far as that. But what it was was that how to, how it came about. Big Daddy Kane, Big Daddy Kane was on tour. You know what I mean? On a Budweiser Superfest tour, and it was his show that he brought all of us out and let us rock. On his show. Gotcha. So, you know what I'm saying? That's that's Kane. You know what I'm saying? That's all Kane is responsible for that. And Mr. C, who was the DJ for Kane, you know what I mean? And he recorded that night. You know what I mean? And, you know, and then, you know, once, you know, once we lost um, Tupac and Big, rest in peace, you know what I'm saying? People, you know, held on to that. And you know what I'm saying, made it a Tupac and Biggie thing. Yeah. Now it's like yeah, it's a moment. Tupac and Biggie yeah, yeah, freestyle. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, no. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, um, I'm like, I'm like, no, that was a Big Daddy Kane show, and he gotcha. let us rock. That's what it is. You so, know what I mean? so like that night, would you say was there other nights where you rapped with Tupac and Biggie in a cipher, and or um, was that? Well, see, Kane again. You know what I'm saying? At that time, I was a, I was young man, and I was fortunate to be around Kane and everybody that he he brought around me around. You know what I'm saying? So I was through him. I also worked with Jay Z and Source Money and Old Dirty Bastard on Show and Prove a record that was actually Kane's record. Also, you know what I'm saying? So I got to shout out Big That's Daddy awesome. Kane. Thank you, yeah. Kane. That, that must have been dope you, because bro. obviously you're a young MC. So it's almost like oh, it was the dope man. Parading you around it like a trophy. Be, like, nah, I think y'all nice. I'm a poor son now. He's fourteen. Yo, 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 what, what, what I mean, like, see, back then, it was just like, oh man, it wasn't. It was just the biggest thing in in the world to be able to. It's like it's almost that people thought I was lying around my way before I made it, right? Because you imagine, like, yeah, now yeah. you got social media. I say I was with Kane, they'd probably have a selfie or something, but back then, yeah, we yeah, didn't I have did, that. Yeah. So I'd be like, yo, I was with Big Daddy Kane last night, right? Thanks, <laughs> nice, this dude, he really, the way he's smoking, right? He owes something, you know what I mean? But yeah, that's what it was like, man. I, I Man, it was the dopest to be around all of them legends, you know, yeah. as a kid, growing up in it, you know what I mean? So it's like, for people my age, we both grew up with hip hop the same way. I was just in it growing up. At yeah. the same time. What, what was the decision to actually bring you into the Wu Tang fold, right? Because obviously they hit the world like a storm early on. Like early on, 9394, then we saw the ice cream video. We see you in there, clip dancing around. Mm-hmm. And then you really start bubbling uh, after that. So what was the, was RZA that kind of was like, you know, want to bring him to the fold? And- no, 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 no. Um, what, what the truth of the matter was, I have a, I have, I had a record contract before Wu Tang mm. came out. RZA always was my mentor before Wu Tang became famous, or you know what I'm saying. So when, you were signed previous. Yeah, I, I, but I was a minor, so I had to go through the court system. Oh. So in the time that I was going through the court system, getting my contracts together, the clan came out with Protect Your Neck, and then when I came out with my project, it assumed. That God. the clan came and snatched yeah, me up yeah. and put me out. Like, yeah, I always worked with, you know, the RZA and the clan and all of them. You know what I'm saying? And RNS and GP Wu and Pop the Brown. I worked with all of them, but I had my always had my own deal and my own thing. Yeah, so it was more about association because it was with yeah. Virgin, right? Yeah, I was with, I was on Virgin Records um for my first two albums. Then the third album I did, Man Child on Wu Tang Records. So the on and on record, that was in what period um, was that after Wu 
already taken off. And yeah, that was I came after the clan came ninety three. I came ninety four with my single on and on. Yeah, and then the end of the year, more going into like ninety five was my album. Yeah, did, did your parents get like any like uh blowback from you know what I'm saying the way you was being portrayed? Because you're 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 completely inserted to gangster hip hop, right? And obviously you're a minor. Well, that that's who I was. I wasn't packaged. Yeah. You know, Virgin, they they tried. You know what I mean? Like, back then, mind you, I was cursing. Kid, kids wasn't yeah, was cursing. Was outside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, <laughs> so it was always a, a thing of trying to, and I was just, it was just raw, raw talent. And that that was a main thing that was stressed to keep. So, um... I didn't really have those problems, you know what I'm saying? I didn't. I never had a curfew. I was the kid outside on a bench at 10 years old, 11 years old, going always from Staten Island, getting on a ferry and the train, going up to the Bronx, the Fever nightclub to hang out outside and say what's up to older dudes and, you know what I'm saying, kick a rhyme, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's, that's who I was. That's the rugged child. And that's how I got that name, so... You know, I didn't, it wasn't like backlash, like, yeah, he's, he's kidding. But I wasn't the only kid cursing. I was just on a record doing it. Yeah. All my friends, we always doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, second generation Wu? Um, I think they're the clan's kids. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Are, did you, are you going to be working with them? Um... I did get a record from Intel. He did send me okay. a record. Intel and it actually good. was good. It actually was good. Um it's on a list. It's on a list of my two dudes. Oh, for sure. So I, I think I think I'm I think I like for it. Sure. No, it's cause I figured, you know, like you know, when you Google you say associate acts, it says you're associated with Wu Tang. Yeah. So it's like I figure you'd probably be like in a mentoring position with them, maybe working closely with them, helping um, them develop. Well, me personally, for my personal life, I'm just not there yet to be able to offer that type of assistance to yeah, anybody yeah. coming from where I, where I was yeah. just coming from. So, um, first and foremost, you know, I had to get my personal life in order. You know, what I'm saying before music and anything like that, my relationship with my children. You know, all of that takes place first. You know what I mean? So eventually, you know what I mean? I would love to, you know what I'm saying, give them words of advice, not just them, any 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 young dudes yeah. out there. So so being a minor at the time, how did the whole deal with Virgin come about? Because uh, there must have been like a liaison, obviously. Like who was the person that discovered you and then shopped you around to the labels and oh. then how did you make the deal? Well, see, yeah, it, it, it didn't, it kind of happened that way, but it didn't happen that way. Um... I had managers, and, you know, they was trying to get other groups signed, That you know what I mean? And um, I was just fortunate enough to that my song, actually, back then it was tapes. Yeah. So it was like it was a meeting, and they was playing the groups that they was trying to get signed. And after the tape flipped, my uh, I, my song was on there. And it was like, who's that kid cursing? It was a song called Bad, bad Little Bastard. Who you? I was, I'm a bad little bastard. That was my demo song, right? And it was like, who's who's the, who's who is that? They like, oh, that's my little man for my projects. <laughs> they was like, you got a picture of him? It was like, we can get one. And that they was like, we want to sign him. And it was just it like was crazy like that. Then you know, back then it was like word of mouth. So then labels were here. Yeah, Virgin's about to sign this kid. Yeah, da, yeah. Da, 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 from Staten Island. Da, 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 what? And then all the other labels would come, and then it became like a crazy bidding war. You know yeah. what I'm saying for for yeah. my album. Cause you know, often you know we, we see this campaign, especially on social media, about owning masters and, and ownership. But 
you weren't in the position to, I guess, to not own anything because you were a minor. So how, how was that divided up in a sense where you, you know, you were protected in a way because you are your own entity. So somebody yeah. has to protect you. So how was, how was that deal structured to make sure that you got what you, what you were supposed to um, enjoy? Well, you know, thank God for the, 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 the court system. Because yeah. back when like Gary Coleman and Emmanuel Lewis, they was child stars that their parents spent a lot of their money so that's why you had to go through the process of Supreme Court. And it's crazy. The same judges that signed my contract was the same judges that sent me away to state prison Jesus. years later. You know, but, you know, and imagine that conversation, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, like, you know, like, you know, kid, like, you know, get 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 it together. Like, you know what I mean? I watched you, right? Um, so I was protected legally. Um, and another thing that protected me, was one of the one of the Jews that I got from Big Daddy Kane early on. He said, never sign your publishing. And I just said, okay, I would never, no matter what, I would never sign a publishing deal. So I never did. So I was protected that way for all my writings and my songs. Um, I recouped I recouped on my first two albums from Virgin Records. So um, I, I do have the masses back on those yeah. two albums. Me and RNS, because it was a, a production deal, so he produced half and... I'm the right on half. So to, together, yeah, together, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we on that. And um, the Man Chat album, Wu-Tang Records on that. And um, everything else, I don't know if y'all familiar with, but right after the Man Chat album, I had started an independent uh, movement called Bottom Up. Mm-hmm. And um, from like 2004 to 2013, we had like mixtapes out in the street, underground. Yeah, yeah. So that music is, is, is available soon, like on my uh, website. And um yeah, and it's just a new project I'm working on now. Yo, the, the acting resume is also crazy, like TV, film, not not just regular film either, because you got like some big credits under your name. But uh, I want to know, like, what made you want to like start acting, and like eventually, are you gonna dip back into getting into some films? Um, for the first question, I never intended on acting. Like that wasn't. I didn't wake up and say, hey, I want to be an actor, you know. And he, even back then, it was kind of like taboo to be in movies and things like that. You was considered like a sellout, you know what I'm saying? Back then, yeah. It was, it was, That's it was crazy big. because a lot of guys were already acting at, at, at that time. I mean, Cube, Cube was was active. Pac was active. I mean, yeah, but, there was some activity. Yeah, but it was still on that, on that cup. cup of it was like still that it. cup where it was like, all right, they was able to do it. Ice T yeah. LL, you know what I mean? But for the most part, it was like, you know what I mean? Pop pop culture really wasn't that as accepted. You know what I mean? So when I was getting offered, this is I'm saying prior to me actually taking acting, you know, doing something. So I was just like, nah, I wasn't into it. And then I got um it was the Waterfalls video. And it was like, yo, this is a music video. It's not like, you know, and I was like, ah, right, it's a video, it's not like acting, acting, you know what I'm saying? Then after that, it was just like the blessings just was coming in, getting called. So I was like, maybe it's something I should do. And then after I started to do it, I actually started to like it. Like it. You know what I'm saying yeah. now I love it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I would love to, you know, saying do some more movies and stuff one day. Like, um, you see yourself as more of like a like a drama actor or like a comedic actor or like just kind of like- um. Well, that part, I I just want to stretch myself. Like I just don't want the regular old roles anymore. Do something that's gonna be like 
very, very shocking. Not too shocking, like no, no crazy shit, <laughs> not like that. You know what I mean? But just something to to stretch my my talent. Is there a is there any like a list of actors that you'd want to work with? Um, hmm. more more directors. I I, okay. I would want to probably be directed by you know what I mean. Um, you know, like I I, I could see myself fitting into the Tyler Perry. Things yeah. and his thing yeah. going on that he be having, I can see myself fitting in something like that. To you know, with, uh, somebody like him, you know, maybe even Spike, you know, Spike Lee, something Spike like that. Some director, yeah. some good. Nah, he, he's super dope. And speaking of acting, we'll talk a little bit off air about the Carlitos Wade thing, right? Yeah. Because even I was under the impression, like I, I saw bits of the second film. I didn't really see a lot of it. Um, but you're building the in the film, but you're not actually there. So why why did that happen? Um, I mean, I, I think what happened was I was booked for it mm. and then something happened with the contract. So it was already out in the press that they were already went to, to, to into motion of promoting the film while we was about to shoot the film. They was already, oh, so they did, was already yeah, they was already in promotion before the film was even, you shot, know what I'm saying, yeah. shot. So, and that's how that happened. They just never changed it. Yeah, and then spinning back to the waterfalls video because I mean, that was a big video. I think yeah. that record went diamond. I'm not yeah, really yeah, sure that, that, that record was, went that diamond. So how were you approaching the decision? Because obviously your music was very different. Like you said, we're not um, popular. You know, there they wasn't accepting hardcore hip hop at that time, and that was a big decision. That was TLC's biggest hit to have you uh, play a role in the video. Oh um, well, the director F. Gary Gray, he had seen my on and on video. And was like, that's the kid for Fridays. That's that's what was going because he did the uh, Friday. Yeah, Friday. Yeah. And and they wanted me to play the little Chris kid kicking over the garbage. I was like, I ain't kicking over no garbage cans. I'm from Staples and Projects. You yeah, know what yeah, I would yeah. go through the next day and for the rest of my life if I took that role. Like you know what I'm saying? So I was like, Nah, I'm kind of cool. So then when the video came, he was like, I'm telling you, it's not really. So I was like, All right, you know I me. Mean? And that was one of the great best decisions I made. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, obviously it's well documented that, that you took a vacation. And, and one of the things that, that I took away from being in prison was it taught me discipline, right? It, yeah. it taught me patience. And you were away for a lot longer than I was. So what, is, what are some of the things that you learned that just made you a better person, right? Because obviously, you know, they promote rehabilitation. They promote yeah. these type of things. But just maybe something positive that you got out of your vacation. Um, I got to demand how I engage, how I spend my time, who I give my time to. You know what I mean? Because in those environments, right, everybody got something going on, fighting a case, this one, that, this one, that. And people want to dump their stuff in your ears. So you get all this noise, you know what I'm saying, to where you just want peace. So then I had to learn how to be stingy with my time. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing I learned. And also to look, listen, and observe. You know what I mean? Think about the consequences before I get into it. Because that's how I always got in trouble. But the problem I had was I was already in trouble trying to figure out how the hell I'm going to get out of it. When I should have been thinking what was the outcome before I even made the first step towards that direction. So that's what I learned from prison too. Like Before I put myself in a situation or a place or go somewhere, the odds of something happening in those areas, I weigh it, asset or liability. So it's like even to 
going around my way to a corner store. For me, someone who's a predicate violent offender in New York State, I can't afford to just be walking to the corner store around the way and somebody has on a black jacket like I do yeah, and yeah. they grab me. I could spend the rest of my life in prison by mistaken identity trying to prove my innocence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, I'm like, ah, that's not a good good idea. I'll go to the 7-Eleven over here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But before you wouldn't have told me that, I would yeah. just been in the mix. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I that, that taught me. And you have to do it when it's, it's that compact mm-hmm. everything going on you know what I'm saying this on drugs gangs violence and this that and you have to learn how to be able to navigate through all of that with your mind mm-hmm. with your body and your soul and make it home safe that's a lot mm-hmm. it's yeah. a lot to do and, and one of the interesting things that we're also talking off there is about now this is like your first time coming outside right so now now you're back outside and um and and you've been fortunate although we we had a pandemic because you're kind of like blending in because we're all yeah. coming back outside, yeah. right? So, like, how are you adjusting to this? Because I, I guess it was an easier transition because you had time to adjust within your own instead of coming yeah. right out to society and re-engaging and readjusting to the way the world wants it to be when we're all kind of just sitting down and you can just kind of get back um, back home and then come back out. Yeah, well, as far as the big crowd thing, I'm really not too good with the big crowds yet. You know what I'm saying? Nice, intimate settings and family and things like But that's who I am now anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't really have the thrill of when you do something for so long, it's like, yo, bro, I've been like, like you said, outside in yeah. clubs and for since I was 14 years old, 13 years old, it's like now I enjoy different things in life. You know what I'm saying? Just, just the small things like when I was away that I used to be like that you take for granted. I used to always say like, yo, imagine not even being able to see a dog take a number two. Something so yeah. small as that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That when they used to come on the searches, right, and a dog come, it'd be, you'd be so happy to see the dog. Everybody yeah. looking, look at the dog, look at the dog, look at the dog, look at the dog. Because it's a sense of normalcy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. No, that, that's interesting. Now, you, you got five albums in your catalog. Um, and when, when people yeah. look yeah. back yeah. at your catalog, I like to ask artists because... Like, when we think of Nas, it's like, I you automatically assume Illmatic is the best album. But for me, I like It Was Written was better. I, I feel like yeah. It Was Written was a better it was a better produced album. He was grown. But in your catalog, what do you think is your best album in a sense where your pen game was sharp, the production was sharp, and um, maybe we haven't um, heard it yet, but just out of the project. Um, well, see, all of them is special to me because it was this different stage of growth in my life. So the first one will always be my best album yeah. to me. You know what I'm saying? It was the first time, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was flying on airplanes the first time. Like, I heard myself on the radio for the first time. I don't think you ever beat that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a mistake people try to do, beat what they already done. And I think you can only shock the world, like, once. You know what I mean? And that's how I look at my career now. I'm like, yo, okay, I've done music. I've done film. I toured. I rapped on stage. I find joy in reading contracts. I find joy in so many other things that I can do and that I'm good at doing, along with the music that makes doing music fun again. Man, like, um, this might sound like a similar question, but, like, all those within all those albums... Who were like some producers 
that like really stood out to you that you enjoyed working with that you felt brought out like the peak Shaheem the rugged child you know again right so it's like the first album you a kid right around all these new people and studios and you know then the second one you know it's a little better because now I got money, you know what I'm saying? Now I'm known, I'm popular, you know what I'm saying? So it's a different album, your second one. Yeah. And then the third one for me was like, I had the most control. I had the most control. Who got paid, what producers, who I was going to have, how I wanted this to go. You know what I'm saying? Before on Virgin, it was more of meetings, like yeah, yeah. a round table and executives and professionals. That's You know what I mean? With the third album, it was more like, with the bros, so it was like, yo, that's your album. You want to do, do what you want to do. Who you want to? Ah, right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, But that ain't always work out. The so, so how did you get paired up with RNS? Because obviously he did a large portion of the first two albums. I, I think he did almost every record on the first one, besides the Rizzo joint. Yeah, and then on the second one, he damn near did the whole thing as well. So were you guys paired together? Or well, were you guys from the same block? Like, well, yeah, was- all of us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like before, when this back. Um, in the demo days, you know what I'm saying? It was like I had both of them. That was my go-tos. I had uh, Rakim, RZA, and I had RNS. So if I wasn't at RZA's house making music, I was at RNS making music. But what happened was my deal came through RNS. Had got a, we had got a signed to production deal with Virgin. So that's why, I, you know what I'm saying, um, RNS produced most of that album. The first two albums. And then on the third album, that's when I went. Album. Because because I, I believe your fifth album was like two thousand and four. Well, so so no the, the fourth that was uh greatest story never told that was my fourth and the fifth was disrespectfully speaking those two and albums. When you was that? You remember those was like oh four probably like oh nine oh ten somewhere because yeah. we, we had a gap when we wasn't getting no music. Obviously, you said you was independent and you was putting mixtapes in the well, streets back, as far as publishing, uh, publicly publicly. Yeah, well, music. see, around that time, I had caught my, my first bid. That was yeah, the yeah. first bid. Yeah. I had when, you know, I had a couple rodeos, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the first time I went upstate, you know what I'm saying? That was around 2002, 01 through like 03, 04. Then I came out, I started my yeah. independent label and I had dropped that album. And then, you know, it just... Like, life is happening, then I had a kid, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm just, you know, all over the place, just, then my mom's died. So it was like music, you know, it's 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 hard when, you, when you're doing something that you love. Like, I love to do music, and it is business, but then real life happens. So it's like, until my mind grew up to, to and, and I got mature enough to know when when I'm dealing, when to turn the switch on and off. So it was like when I was supposed to be out doing music and focusing on my career, the immature real me yeah, was yeah. taking, superseding that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's trial and error. I mean, you know, we all grow up and we all go through our, our things and we make mistakes, you know what I'm saying? But I would just so happen to be doing music and film and things like that. Real. Now there's like looking at the discography, a lot of music there. Which song do you feel like kind of just flew under the radar? Like, like, do you have like a song that you feel like could have taken you to like that, that high level of like stardom, like put you on the pop charts and like just made you like a more of a household name? Um, no, because I believe what's for you is for you. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I don't question, I don't question the law. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
I think it happened the way it's supposed to happen. You know, um, and again, it's who you ask. Mm-hmm. You know, you can ask somebody and they might go, oh, I don't really know. And then somebody will be like, what, you don't know? I know everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, uh, I would just say everything because I just, you know, I never made, I didn't make commercial music. Yeah. So it's like the aim never was to be a pop star or be popular. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. never was my goal. I wasn't, but Bow I mean, not to take none away from Bow Wow yeah. and none of them, I but I wasn't, was that was like, I made different, I, I spoke a different language. I yeah. spoke to a different person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then that was, it wasn't commercially accepted. The content that, that I was spitting about. That's real. Now it's a little different. Now they may be able to digest it a little more. Because now these things that happen more on a broader, yeah. broader, broader, broader spectrum. Yeah. You know, we, we have a lot of, um, you know, me as a radio personality, I have a lot of kids that follow me. Um, I, when I mean kids, I mean like teenagers. Um, and, and, and I find that there is, an, there is a never-ending battle between trying to be legit and, and follow the dream of music and live and dabble in the streets. And as someone who's kind of been on both ends, like what advice would you have someone that may be watching this right now that may be going through some of them same struggles and looking at you as an inspiration because you did your time, you came out, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You, you still operate in the same way. You've done a lot. You've been in film. You've dropped albums. You've been in dope music videos. So what advice would you have to the young Shaheen in a sense that may be watching this? Um, Take your time. Take your time and, and don't rush. Um, because if you look at it, right, the risk, the risk we be taking with our lives, sometimes we take big risks. You know what I'm saying? Even myself, when I play it back, like, yeah, I went to prison for a long time, seven to 14 years, right? But if I would have got caught for half of the stuff I got away with, probably would never be sitting here talking to you. You know what I mean? So I, I you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm aware of that. Um, I would I would tell them that take your time and you'll get there eventually if you just take it step by step. Because the guy you can make a hundred thousand dollars right now doing something illegal, right? But they catch you, you're gonna get ten years. In that same ten years, the guy that worked at McDonald's and got fifteen dollars an hour gets the girl and the money. <laughs> At McDonald's. The guy at McDonald's. These guys are winning. The regular guys won. Yo, for real. If you look at if you look at it, right? All the guys that then got in trouble did all our, you know, but yeah, they sneaking off and still the giving they sneaking answer. off. They sneaking off getting dug out by the by the by the hood dude that just got on parole. Yeah, they we getting some action there, but yeah. they going for the security. Yeah. And you yeah. can't blame them. You know what I'm saying? But you go for your bag, go for the security. Because what, what, what matters now ain't gonna matter 20 years from now. Yeah. And and I'm just so blessed that I didn't lose my life believing in, in mm. everything that I believed 20 years ago. Like, you know what I mean? You couldn't mm. tell me nothing. I know some of my friends are probably in a grave looking down, like, Tim, you believe this book? It's simple. Ain't nobody even pulling up no more. <laughs> everything is just like that's the reality. So yeah. I'm just blessed that I was able to see it. Yeah, most definitely. You know, here at Dave Miss Out, we have a segment, top five segment. We've done everything from top five fast foods to top five producers with bars. And my question for you in our next segment is happening. Top five hip-hop groups of all time. Go. Who? Top five hip-hop groups all time. Groups? All time. So groups mean two or more. Well, yeah. 
Okay. L- l- legal uh, group, so it can't be like a label. Yeah, 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 yeah number one. Uh, number one, Wu Tang Clan. Wu Tang, let's go. Number for me. Yeah. Number two, Capone Noriega. See, yeah, that, that's yeah. the third time I've heard this today. Um, three, MOP. Mm. Nice. Um, four, Dipset. Dipset. Hey. Ah. <laughs> it's always that fair. Well, you can do five. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. All right. All right. Mob Deep, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Okay. Round of applause. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I love Bone Thugs. I mean, you know, it's it's again, it's it's a time thing for me. It's crazy about hearing Shaheem say that list is like you probably knew. All these guys, like, yeah, like, like yeah. when you were a kid, like, yeah, like so that's crazy. Like today, you're here sitting with us, you dropping wisdom. I'm telling you, I used to get ask me, yo, sign the back of my notebook and go to school. Like, look, yo, I got trenches, man. I be calling trash. Wow, <laughs> Dude's no, I think that's crazy. Like, cause like you literally had like a, a really unique childhood. Like you was friends with like all these people on TV and yeah, and then like I'm sure they were like mentoring you in some way or another. But like, what's like the coolest thing you learned from somebody? Well, I, I learned a lot from just observing, you know what I mean? I mean the cool the coolest thing I learned um I learned I mean it's it's hard to say to narrow it down, but it's been so many good experiences just right. being there in certain meetings and seeing how the machine works and seeing, you know what I mean? You know, I mean um you know, he asked you this question before, but I mean, let, 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 let's keep it real. It must be fucking dope to have done that freestyle with Pac and Biggie. I mean, let's call it fucking Spade and Spade. You come in here like it's regular. That ain't no regular shit. That's some classic That's, shit. No, it Madison is. Madison Square Garden. No, I you're mean, on the record. All right, so you're on the record. Describe this moment for us. It's not a record. No, but this is a record today. Like today. They made it a record. I, I played on the radio. I blended in with a joint. We're in Brooklyn. That's spinning back. Hold up. It's Miss I'm Day Shape 4-5. Okay, okay. Big Pac Shaheen. <laughs> hey, look. I hey, listen. <laughs> but listen Thank you. Describe but, that moment for you, though. Obviously, I mean, you're for me. Yeah, right, for you. For like me. in your for in me. your eyes, all right. actually being a part of it and then looking right. what to become the hip hop. Right. It's, like, it's like folk tale. For me, almost. all right. For me, fourteen years old in a limousine with Big Daddy King driving to Madison mm. Square. Major key alert. Pulling up, like, oh, it's Madison Square Garden. Like, this is dope. Excuse me. Through the under, backstage. And then to go out there in the biggest stage you ever seen. <laughs> Let's there. be clear. Yeah. And it was just like, but when it was my time to go, it was just like my time to go. I was just ready, you know what I'm saying? Um, that night I, I had on a uh, back then the Colombian rain suit. I had on a blue Colombian rain suit. Classic, yeah, with Colombian with the with the with the rain boots. You know what I'm saying? Like if you you from the average, you yeah. remember those was a yeah. thing. That was Columbia, a thing. That was they a actually thing. got a Colombian yeah. storm on my crib. Yeah. I'd be in there fine. all the time. Yeah, so I I had that on, and but what, the best part of it all, because back then it wasn't social media. Yeah. It was the next day. Coming outside on a bench in my projects and people being like, "Yo, I was at the garden last night. You was there." And it was like, "Oh, everybody knows you was there." I was like, "Word," and then it was like, 
to be like Staten Island famous was like the best thing you could ever be. And that's all I ever really wanted to be was just like known around my way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, we always just wanting to be known to our peers and represent. Yeah. And, you know, we was blessed that the, the whole world yeah. enjoyed. You know, when you and JoJo both here, um, one, one, of the, one of the thoughts that's going through my head is I'm trying to understand why we haven't gotten more Staten Island hip hop stars in a sense, right? Kind of feel like it was woo. And then it kind of just cut off and then we've had splashes, right? It's like, you know, we got Mac Wilds, we got JoJo, we got you. But it, it seemed like there was just never like that type of movement again. Do you think it was like a rebellious thing with the industry? Maybe music changed too much? Maybe, um, I don't know, like why, why do you think that was? Um, Honestly, I think I think it's on two, two, two hands, right? On one hand, I think those people that are in position to gather the whole Staten Island and make it one movement and bring it under one umbrella, they're not being fair. So when you're not being fair to everybody, everybody does their own thing and it becomes loose links and everything goes all around because you would think high CJ's from Staten Island, high CJ ain't on Wu-Tang records. Yeah. Like how does that happen? And it happens because people get caught up in business so much that they forget the little guys, you know what I'm saying? So then you get a bunch of little guys that get rebellious and thinking they know. Now, on the other hand, you ain't did nothing yet and you think you know everything. Shut up and let the people who know better lead the way. So it's like the leaders have to be leaders and the followers have to be followers. And until that happens, you always get one coming through splashing or somebody else splashing, you know what I'm saying? But hopefully, you know, it can come together as one movement. Any uh, any ventures you're work, currently working on? Like any, are you working on like a weed strain? You got like a clothing brand? Oh man, I wish I could more? have a weed strain, but I'm on parole, so I can't really, <laughs> I can't have no weed strain. Even though, um, even though it's legal, though, like now, nah. I mean, it's not legal for me. Well, it's like, because it's not legal federally, right? So no, no, what it is, it's like alcohol is legal, right? But on parole, you're not supposed to drink. Got it, got it, got it. I mean, so, I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Shahi, final question. When it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want the fans and the people to remember you for and appreciate? And more importantly, what do we have next coming up? Um, What do I want? I, I don't really, I, I don't even think that far deep into it, what I want for people. I mean, just, you know, just just never say I lied to you, Jack. You know what I'm saying? That's just my shit. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I gave my heart. I put my truth into it. I'm, I'm not I'm, uh, one of those makeup artists. So, you know, if you don't want to hear the real, I'm probably not the guy for you. If you want to be in make-believe land. Um, two, uh, what's new for me right now, I got the record out um, featured on RJ Payne. Mm-hmm. Record with uh me and JoJo played that today on Shade movie. That was that was dope. Funny story about it because JoJo put me on. JoJo been my friend a long time, right? And so, so I'm coming back in like society. Right? So he's telling me like this guy is. You know what I'm saying? I remember when he first introduced R.J. Payne to me. He was like I was at the coast of Big Al, and I was furious. I was like, what? <laughs> how dare? How fuck? You know what I mean? I heard I say, yeah, yeah, right. he, yeah. He looked yeah, like yeah, too. yeah. I mean, it was busting. And then I can honestly say, from knowing L, that he would, you know, what I'm saying, he would, he would, he would enjoy, you know, what I'm saying, enjoy uh, RJ, you know, what I'm saying. So I was like, ah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta fuck with the boy. And we 
did that. So you know, I, we we swap. He got he. I got a joint with him on my joint, and on uh, Rockness for boot camp on the same joint. Them two. Um. Oh, I got a joint now with Hus Kingpin. What made you look or two? Me and Hus. Um. Yeah. Uh, I got the rugged a single called Rugged coming out. See, so I look out for that. I'm about to drop the video. So yeah, man, I'm just having fun with it. You know what I mean? I I, I wouldn't say I'm doing an album. I'm just having fun doing songs and maybe some videos and just yeah. getting back into it. Yeah, just give it back to the culture. Oh, told Vera, final question. Yeah, um, they just announced that New York City's opening back up. Can we expect you at any like local festivals, any local stages, any performances coming up soon? Man, I would love to. Um, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I don't know if I'm really like ready to hit the stage like that. You know what I mean? And um, be in a mix. Kind of want to like just work on my craft, work on my music, and then work on my show. I want to I wanna present, you know what I mean, something big, something big, you know what I mean? So I have to um, incorporate my acting and my music together. It may be something like a play, a musical play. My new album might be a musical play or something like that, you know what I mean? Because I got to have some fun with it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, are, are there any plans to maybe get this, like some sort of like activism stuff? Because I remember... Don't shoot me if I have the wrong information, but I, I remember there was a content. I think it was you, Fuji's. I, I can't remember. It was like for like deaf kids or something yeah. like that. Back back in the day, what was, it, was it like a summer camp? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, any plans to maybe do some stuff like that? Um, I would love to. Like things is opening up. Like before, like I had a lot of plans to do a lot of motivational speakings and go talk to a lot of kids in the juvenile detention centers and 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 runaway kids and just shout it. You know what I mean? Talk to them like because. You know, you could take me and take my story and say, yo, this kid, I, you know, had it all. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, and still ended up in the New York State Penitentiary. So you go, how does that happen? And that goes from making poor decisions and, and you know, so it's like we got to teach them how to make better decisions. Yeah, most definitely. Shaheem, thank you for coming to the infamous hour. Sure, Back yeah. Nation. Yeah. So follow you on what he follow you uh, Yo, you can follow me on Instagram, Shaheem underscore rugged. Um, Shaheem underscore rugged on Facebook um, fan page. And um, Shaheem Manchild Franklin on Facebook. ISO360.org website, isometricconcepts.com. Yeah, shout me out. All right, Tone, where you catch you at? Oh, man, I'm across all platforms at Tone.Viera. Right, of course, I'm the infamous I'm the Sirius XM Shade 45. Make sure you watch the infamous hour here live on Facebook.com slash Nation. Follow Boombap Nation. Make sure you follow myself and follow the infamous hour podcast and FM radio available on iHeartRadio and much, much more. Until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay COVID-19 free. See you then.